This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northeast to the southwest. This is America's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it online, on smart speaker, on smartphone, and of course on the air. This is our Auto Expert, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm Nick Miles, your host, along with truck girl Jen. We rode in today in the in the Cadillac XT6, mm-hmm. and I, I commented how American car companies can make big vehicles really well. Mm-hmm. They are useless at making small vehicles. Exactly. I think of all the small vehicles that American car companies make, I can't think I'm impressed by any of them. Well, there's a reason why. Think of what I'm trying to think of some small cars that I'm impressed by. I can't. America, I mean, they're okay. America's but like not. big things. You know, we like we like big cars and... You know, big houses, big houses, big, big lots, big bank accounts, big bank accounts. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like in Japan and Korea, you know, they it's so different than America. And I don't think people understand that unless you go there, that everything is small because it lacks space. I had one of the biggest hotel rooms in uh, Japan that they have in the city. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I could hardly walk around the bed. There was no room. Mine was a luxury suite and it had two twin beds yeah that's pretty usual when you get out of the united states yeah but i and and it's interesting that even design wise like i the smaller the vehicle gets the less inspiring it gets there's one or two exceptions the jeep renegade is nicely styled Mm -hmm. uh but most of the small cars we're really really good at making big things and the cadillac xt6 is is big and it's It's bold and it's well made and it's not ostentatious Mm -hmm. it's got nice carbon fiber and lots of little tech and generally like the cell phone holder Mm -hmm. sunroof um yeah who doesn't like who 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 doesn't like a sunroof especially this time of year not so much fun in the winter but uh, I like sun, it in the winter. Sunroof in the summer. We got a packed show for you today, by the way. Mm-hmm. I know you're sitting on the edge of your seat excited. <laughs> uh, there's a lot going on over at Polestar. If you're unfamiliar with Polestar, they are Volvo's autonomous electric luxury brand. Uh, they are sort of growing into their own shoe size right now. They are starting to do a lot of things and partner with people and open dealerships. Uh, we're going to get an update from J.P. Canton, who is in charge of the messaging and public relations out there. Uh, if you had seen the new editions of the Rolls-Royce, it's called the Crypto Collection uh, from Rolls-Royce. And apparently in the roof there, normally they have the, uh, the sort of the optioned out in the headliner mm-hmm. is the, the stars, you know, the little lights. Right. They have a crypto one which has a code in it. And right. you, you have to be able to decipher it or you can... Apparently, program your own code. You're going to find out what that's all about. I don't want to have to think. I'm going to lie <laughs> well, back and look only, at the ceiling and think. I think there's only like one or two people at Rolls Royce who actually knows the code, the key. 
But I so think you, you, can, figure it you out. can program something into yours, too. Well, we'll find out. Yeah, we will. Jerry Spawn's going to be joining us from uh, Rolls-Royce to talk about uh, the new crypto collection. Uh, we also want to talk about some uh, automobiles safety uh, and adaptability. The new Chrysler Pacifica. Mm-hmm. It's their minivan. Uh, sort of what the Dodge Voyager became in the Chrysler Pacifica. And now with all-wheel drive. It's got so many new things that it's hard to keep it separate. <laughs> the interiors are high-end luxury. They've got two different versions of the van out. They've got a two-wheel drive, an all-wheel drive. They're adding lots of cool things, including a refrigerator, I hear. So we'll have to find <laughs> out about that. And uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the, uh, the GMC. Uh, you pointed this out to me, but uh, GM trucks were used in the presidential speech. Which yeah. was kind of interesting. And they didn't know about it. Yeah, GM didn't know about it. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Dodge today. Uh, the horsepower in your drive well, the Hel- new Hellcat Red Eye, which is uh, it's the Charger Hellcat Red Eye, which I really want, by the way, because mm-hmm. I like speed. Uh, Anton Wallman's going to be here to talk about the latest scoop and what's going on with electric and autonomous cars, especially here and in Europe. And we're going to find out about the new Porsche 911 Turbo which I know Perry Stern is desperate to get his hands on. I don't know if he's given <laughs> it yet, but he's uh, extremely excited. He's uh, uh, He writes for MSN Autos and, of course, for our auto expert. But joining us on the phone is uh, our friend J.B. Canton to talk a little bit about what's going on at Polestar. Uh, so, J.P., you guys have a new partnership with Waymo, which is Google's sort of autonomous car division. What is that partnership going to... Well, it's, it's, I guess you guys at uh, Polestar along with Volvo. So what does this mean for Polestar now with this new Waymo partnership? Yeah. Hi. Welcome and thank you for having me, guys. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a new partnership. We, we, we've announced that we're working together and we're still figuring out the specifics for the medium to long term. But for now, it's uh, a lot of what you just said at the high level. Basically, the uh, the partnership covers the group, so to speak, meaning uh, Volvo cars, which is Volvo as you know it, Polestar cars, and also uh, a brand named Lincoln Co., which is three words, uh, which you may not have heard of, but uh, is already thriving in Asia, is a member of the Givi Car Group, who owns uh, Volvo cars and Polestar cars as well. Right. And uh, they'll be wrapped into it as well. And uh, yeah, long story short, we'll be working towards future technologies that will implement uh, the Waymo tech and the Waymo hardware into the three brands' cars. All right. There's a lot sort of going on at Polestar. You're sort of ramping up. It was this fledgling brand, which was, I think, originally it was sort of the electrification and uh, I would say high end of Volvo. Is that still the, uh, to me, there's sort of three ideas behind Polestar. And tell me if I'm right or I, I got it wrong. There's this sort of electrification uh, of vehicles. There's this autonomy uh, idea behind vehicles, and then there's there's sort of a more performance luxury end. Is is that what Polestar is evolving into? That is pretty darn close. The uh, the performance luxury angle, absolutely, and electrification, absolutely. Starting with the Polestar Two, all of our cars will be full battery electric moving forward, and then uh, autonomy is something we will develop for. Uh, but we'll be led by the Volvo side of our family. Uh, you know, Volvo being so synonymous with 
safety and family and autonomy really, really ties together with the safety side of that. So Polestar cars will eventually carry that tech, but that will be developed and led by the Volvo side of the family. And I'd say what, what replaces that in the three contexts or the three pillars you mentioned uh, on the Polestar side is really uh, driving new technology. So for an example, with the Polestar 2, we are the world debut of the new Android automotive operating system, which means no more plugging in your phone into your car. Everything is Google Android native in the vehicle. Uh, Google Assistant means you actually have a voice control in your car that works, which I can say I have never experienced one that works flawlessly until now. And, uh, you know, Google Maps is your native maps and the Play Store. So uh, so the brand's got a lot coming, and it's all coming quickly, that's for sure. I try to explain to people all the time, they say, why isn't autonomy here already? And I said, well, and my answer is very simple to most people, is how many deaths will you tolerate from an autonomous car? And, of course, the answer is zero. I said, that's why it's taken a long time, because there's no mistakes. You've got to get it absolutely 100% right. So it's going to be a while before everybody has it uh, exactly where it needs to be. But Polestar is also evolving in the performance end, now introducing performance packages. Yes, absolutely. So uh, with our upcoming Polestar 2, which is... uh, Oh, gosh, just about a month or two away from hitting clients, depending where they live, uh, and uh, getting one to you, hopefully even sooner. Excellent. Uh, the vehicle is coming with, um, as standard, uh, basically a fully loaded car. We have a very short list of options for the vehicle. Uh, and, and one of the, I think, three, if not four different selections uh, you can add on to the car uh, is a performance pack. And, you know, at Polestar, speaking of performance like we already were, you know, we really want to deliver electric driver's cars. Uh, electric cars, by nature of their powertrain, are very fast and have a lot of torque in a straight line. But we want to be able to deliver something that puts a little more of that joy into driving and, you know, handles brakes, has a chassis to match all of that. So uh, with the Polestar 2, we've announced the performance pack, which will get you uh, full Olean suspension, which is uh, as top grade as it gets for all four corners of your car. Uh, forged lightweight alloy wheels, sport tires, um, a specially designed set of Brembo brake calipers with low drag, which is, of course, important with electric vehicles. Right. But uh, a massive, massive upgrade from the standard system in the car. And uh, some fun little trim and decor bits on the vehicle. And, um, you know, we feel it's, it's you can't beat the price. It's it's a lot of hardware for $5,000 on the car. You have my mouth watering already. In the last minute we've got left, let's just talk a little bit about the expansion of your retail offerings. Uh, as the company starts to mature, you are starting to reach more and more places and looking at expanding your retail outlets. Uh, of course. So uh, now, now that the cars are delivering, we need someone to deliver them through, of course. So basically, we are um, quite literally this week, we have opened our first showroom, which is in uh, on the Third Street Promenade in Santa Monica, L.A., California. And uh, next week, we will be opening up in New York City, downtown at 59th and 5th Avenue. And uh, third showroom to follow very shortly in San Francisco. Uh, and then the network will just keep expanding over the next year as such. Uh, one of the really cool things about these showrooms mm-hmm. is uh, you can even order your car online if you don't want to go in. Or uh-huh. if you do want to go in, you can certainly look, touch, and feel and test drive a car. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, 
uh, you can deliver a car up to 150 miles uh, to your house. Amazing. JP, thank you from Polestar. More to come. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show. Our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear the past shows, see our automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Find it all at ourautoexpert.com. Uh, I'm pretty convinced my neighbors think I'm a drug dealer because <laughs> I have different cars in my driveway every week, and this week was uh, no exception. There was a Rolls-Royce Cullinan sitting in my driveway. They clearly thought I'd shifted a few bales of something extremely valuable to be able to afford that. Uh, but, but then it goes away. Yeah, but then it goes away. So they're like, oh, yeah, he lost all his money, and <laughs> now he's back driving. A He's telling me to play the stock market. Yeah. That's it. I play the stock market. I buy Rolls Royces and I sell Rolls Royces. Right. Uh, Rolls Royce came out with a brand new uh, version, trim level uh, experience in their cars. It's called the Crypto version. And Jerry Swan from Rolls Royce joining us on the phone to talk a little bit about that. So, Jerry, uh, this vehicle, it, it actually makes my head hurt looking at it because it's it. only for intelligent people, isn't I it? Love it. Well, Nick, I guess you haven't cracked the code yet, have you? I, 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 has anybody <laughs> cracked the code? No, and, and you know the, the, it's the uh, it's the Wraith Cryptos collection. It's a collection of fifty special edition Wraith, and uh, you're right. This is a mind-boggling motor car. Uh, you know, it takes it takes the inspiration. It the whole design inspiration was cryptology, so it's it's really intended to make you think before you drive. Ouch. <laughs> I got I, that one in. I thought I was supposed to take my shoes and socks off and put them on the two-inch Lambs wall carpet and then just zone out as I was uh, taking my magic carpet ride. But uh, clearly now I have to think about it. I'm sure the Silicon Valley team of, uh, of entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley will be chop, uh, you know, buying these left, right, and center. So what's the idea behind the car? Well, you know, it's every Rolls-Royce is bespoke. Every single one's individual. Um, but every once in a while, we do a series of collection cars, and there's an inspiration behind them. And the inspiration behind this was the inspiration for Katrin Lehman. Katrin, uh, she's enamored with cryptology. And, you know, in, uh, in her reading and in her research, uh, in, when she came back to design a collection car, she decided she wanted to take all this inspiration, all this linear crypto cipher inspiration, and put it into the bespoke design of a collection of 50 Wraith uh, Rolls-Royce motor cars. So she's drawn on all types of cryptology, um, from cryptology to simple ciphers to codes, and she's hidden them throughout the car. Um, so there's, it really gives an incredible design. Uh, we developed two new colors for the car. One is Crypto's Green, and the other one, um, let me get the name right here, is Orbit Gray. So both of these we put throughout the car. But what's really cool is she's hidden a message in the car. So throughout all the little design cues, all of the materials, all the, all of the paint, the, the finishes, the code, in this whole car, there's a message. And only two people in the world know what the answer to that message is, what the secret is. It's Katrin and Torsten Rodolfo, our CEO. 
and it's in an envelope, a sealed envelope, in his safe in Goodwood, home of Rolls-Royce. So there's a wonderful story behind the car. It's a lot of fun, but what's most important, it's just a stunningly beautiful, beautiful design for the collection. I love this new color because it looks like sort of that Matrix green. I mean, like can, <laughs> I, it's very Matrix-esque, the vehicle itself. Uh, what? So if I get one of these, the crypto collection, and I get one of these vehicles, and I think I've broken the code, do I send it to Rolls-Royce and then Torsten <laughs> looks at it and he goes, no, nah, sorry, try again, or, you know, what do you <laughs> get? if you did... what would happen with you, Nick. Yes, um, so, well, no. I'm not going to get it. Well, if, if I decipher, if I do by some miracle of of the world decipher it, do I get a second car? What's my prize? There's, there, is a, there is a special uh, celebration that will take place. I, I'm not going to say what it is. Okay. Uh, it's it's going to be, uh, that's a secret as well. But, um, you know, the way it works is, um, and if there's any Rolls-Royce owners listening, uh, we have this, um, it's a Rolls-Royce portal. It's, uh, we call it Whispers. It's a, um, I think we've talked about this before. Whispers is a, uh, it's, a, it's an app on your phone or on your computer where you can talk to Rolls-Royce, you can talk to other Rolls-Royce owners, you get information, you get entertainment and options. Uh, but there is an option on Whispers. Uh, to to uh, crack the code, uh, to let us know you've cracked the code. Right. So it's, um, you know, we're kind of combining uh, this two-way interaction with our owners. You know, when, when, when someone commissions a Rolls-Royce, you become a part of the family. You know, it's right. not like you buy a car, you pick it up, you go away, you come back in five years. Right. We, we have an ongoing dialogue with our owners. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, where do I look for this? You know, where do I start? Do I, is it in the headliner? Is it in the it's door? Not is tell it, you that. I got to. Well, you know, where do I just look around the car? Let me tell you how to crack the code, Nick. All right, go. Well, Nick, I don't know. The as soon yeah. as this came but, out, but I sent I it to my son because he does crypto. I'm not forcing it. I'm not Katrina. What I can tell you is there are there are codes and ciphers starting from the spirit of ecstasy, um, around the base of the spirit of ecstasy, um, in uh, uh, in the finish of the exterior of the car. Um, there's been designs built in. When you look inside the car, the minute the minute you open the door, from the uh, the customized tread plates to the um, it's just an, it's got a beautiful, beautiful uh, fascia, which is dashboard we call here in the U.S. It has a two-color starlight headliner with the ciphers and codes built into it. I don't know if the the answer's there, but it's I would recommend you look. Um, the headrests, which usually have the monogrammed RR have a beautiful cipher uh, code built into them as well. Really? Again, I don't know if it's part of the answer, but it's a, it's a beautiful design. Inside the door pockets, we've used special materials with designs woven into them. So these are all of the, let's just say, I'll tell you where the, um, we've been public about where there's beautiful codes and ciphers and things built into the car. You know, Jerry, the only way I'm going to be able to crack this if you leave one with me, right? <laughs> well, the beauty of this is, Nick, all you have to do is commission one. Oh, I see. I see how it works. <laughs> with the Rolls-Royce collections, uh, we will build up to 50, and I think right. there's still a few remaining for the U.S., um, but we don't. These aren't, uh, these aren't motor cars that we build and send out. They're, right. they're built specifically right. for you. Uh, right. I've yet to see one. We're, we've just finished building the first few right. uh, commissions uh, this week, and right. they won't be shipping for a couple of weeks. 
All right. Well, if you're in the market for a Rolls Royce and uh, you like to do ciphers and cro- probably a little bit more above crosswords, but you like to do ciphers, uh, you you just have to go order one. Jerry Farm from Rolls Royce. You're an amazing guy. Thank you for joining us on the show. And uh, if you crack the code, give me a call. You all know my phone number. I don't need to give it to you. More coming on our <laughs> Auto Expert. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. This is our auto expert. It's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can start a conversation with us, a question about your car, just direct messengers at our auto expert. Our auto expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Uh, I was uh, at, I think, the last auto show we had, Chicago Auto Show. Um, but I also got the opportunity this year to see the new 2021 Chrysler Pacifica unveiled. Uh, This, of course, is probably the strongest. Uh, Van life is hot again, Jen. All the people now deciding that they want a vacation uh, in their vehicle. Uh, Minivans are hot once again. I I know you're surprised I'm saying that, but minivans are hot once again. (laughs) And there is nothing hotter than the uh, new Chrysler Pacifica. This is my Uh, favorite minivan. Is it? Yes. Can you name any others apart from this one? There used to be a lot. I don't know. I think there's, there's three others now. Three of three others. Well, I d- they don't matter. Just yeah, there's only four. The I think four left in the segment. But you know who would know the answer to that? Of course. Is Marianne Capo. I know. She's awesome. Uh, good morning. Thank you for taking some time to join us um, to talk about the 2021 Chrysler Pacifica all-wheel drive now. Uh, you guys have ramped it up for 2021. That's correct. Uh, good morning, uh, Nick. Good morning, Jen. Good morning. Uh, uh, like you said, um, back in Chicago in February, the last auto show, we did reveal our new 21 Chrysler Pacifica. And all-wheel drive is only one of the things that we're offering on it. Uh, we put a lot into this new uh, minivan that will be coming out later this year. Um, it offers both gas and plug-in hybrid powertrains. Um, we're taking it to a new level. Uh, we have a new top-of-the-line pinnacle. We have our all-wheel drive that is paired with the Pacifica Class exclusive go-and-go seating and storage system. We also have more standard safety features than any vehicle in the industry. It's a family vehicle, so we want to make sure that safety is number one. And then we put a, a whole bunch of technology features into it as well. I mentally don't want to like minivan, minivans. Like, I mentally don't want to be a minivan dad but when i get in the pacifica like you can't but help but love these vehicles i i recently did a best seats in cars review and the pacifica comes out in fact uh, chrysler um has a whole bunch of really great seats the 300 the pacifica uh they all both have really really good seats it's it's comfort throughout the vehicle, onboard vacuum and those sort of things, but that wasn't enough, was it, Marianne? You just had to up it for 2021. That's right. I mean, hey, it's part of my job and the team behind this. So we worked really hard to make this ultimate family vehicle even better. I mean, we wanted to broaden the appeal of the minivan with utility vehicle style too. So I've got new standards in the class for capability, safety, and technology. Um, and it is the best family road trip out there. So, yes, a lot of us are taking summer road trips this summer. I'm one of them. And I'll be driving my Pacifica and loading it up with, you know, 
seven, eight passengers and all of the stuff that goes along with a road trip. Excellent. Uh, let's talk about this new Pinnacle trim line because looking at the interior of this, uh, it looks like a, a German luxury car doing diamond stitching on the seats and high end padding and that sort of thing. So what do you get on the Pinnacle on the inside? Okay, so yeah, the Pinnacle is a new top-of-the-line model. Uh, we're saying it's, it'll deliver the most luxurious interior in the class by far. Um, it's got quilted seating. Um, it has a caramel color and black uh, interior color combination. Really looks premium. Um, also has second-row captain's chairs. And in those captain's chairs in the second row, uh, we had fun with this one, but we created... Um, Two matching quilted lumbar comfort pillows um, that sit on the second row seats. And, of course, your kids can use them to sleep. Maybe they'll take a nap. Or perhaps they might, um, you know, have some pillow fights back there. Oh. We, the mom in the driver's seat, I love that pillow. I put it right behind my back, and it is, it's extra comfort. Perfect. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that this vehicle uh, has as, as features. Does it still have the vacuum? Please tell me you didn't take that away. Oh, no, we didn't take that away. No, because kids need to clean up after their kids or you need to clean up after your pets. Right. Um, That's what so I that do. Comes in handy. Yeah, it comes in handy to pick up all that dog hair. I have two dogs, so um, I'm always using that vacuum to just make sure my car is up to snuff and nice and clean. Um, let's talk about the infotainment because you've upped that now with the new uh, the new UConnect five system. That's correct. So um, so FCA Fiat Chrysler Automobiles has a new UConnect five system. Pacifica will be the first um, FCA vehicle in North America to have that. Uh, we're upgrading uh, the touchscreen to a ten inch uh, from the eight point four, so you're going to get a larger screen at about twenty nice. percent. Larger, uh, right. larger is better, right? We all like that. Um, also, um, the system will allow you to personalize up to six driver profiles. Mm-hmm. So, nice. You know my preferences versus my husband because we listen to different music. Right. Going to know what I want um, versus him. Um, it also has a wireless um, Bluetooth uh, connectivity. Uh, you can also um, connect. Two phones simultaneously. That's As good. Say, there's only one, and you have multiple people in the vehicle. Uh, like I said, myself and my husband, and we want both of our phones to be connected. Absolutely. No, I. That's one of the things I I really desperately need is having more than one phone connected. Because personally, I have two phones, a personal and a work, and it's really hard when the one rings that isn't attached to the car. So that would work great for me. Uh, you still have the only hybrid in the or plug-in hybrid in the in the segment that's correct so um what we wanted to do is um so we offer the gas for those customers who still want to have a gasoline powertrain but the plug-in hybrid is also available and the plug-in hybrid is really the best of both worlds because you it's a dual system with gas and hybrid you don't feel like plugging in you don't have to you're going to be able to go for miles uh with this gasoline but you truly will get efficiency um, from the electric motors and you get more than 80 miles per gallon equivalent and all electric range of more than 30 miles and a total range of more than 500 miles so it is a great performing vehicle for us um, we're getting a lot of compliments from our customers 
And We've the seen new buyers come into our dealerships because we have a plug-in hybrid. And the 2021 looks pretty good as well. I have to tell you that it's uh, it's very modern looking. It gives it as a whole new twist on on that as well, which I think is. Is styling something is always hard because you don't know whether you want to you don't want to move away from what people know and accept but you also want to refresh it all the time as well um will here's a question for you we know that fiat chrysler automobiles fca uh is changing its company name now that they're merging with uh, peugeot citron uh to stellantis but the chrysler brand will still be around right Oh, correct. The Chrysler brand and the vehicles that we offer are still going to be around, correct. Right. It's just it's just Daddy's changing his name. Correct. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I personally haven't been involved with that. I mean, I work on the Chrysler brand. I'm working on Chrysler Pacifica. Right. Uh, and everything that we're offering for 21. But as well, just, you know, we mentioned all-wheel drive on Chrysler Pacifica. Yeah. So if customers don't want to wait until the 21 model year is available, we are offering... A 20 model year all-wheel drive launch edition. Uh, we just opened up orders to dealerships. There's high demand for it. Uh, this all-wheel drive launch edition is going to be in the dealerships um, in the third quarter in just a couple months. Now we know People that get it sooner than waiting for the 21. That'll be more like fourth quarter. Right, right. So you can still get the uh, the the last the, the current model year one. Uh, we know that a lot of people. Um, are sort of buying new cars now that COVID is sort of subsiding a little bit or now that we're deep into it, not that it's subsiding, but the the car sales are going up. Uh, is production still at full swing with the, the Pacifica or may you have to wait if you decide you want one today? No, our production, our plants are up and running. Good. So if we want one, they're, they're well produced. Now, the 2021s, uh, are they hitting, when are they hitting dealerships? And uh, presumably you just go to your Chrysler dealership or go online uh, to Chrysler.com and, and order it that way? So, um, yeah, the 21 won't be in dealerships until fourth quarter. Okay. Uh, so, but there is information on our website. So anyone can go to Chrysler.com. You can find out everything about a 20 model year or the upcoming 21 model year. So I recommend that you check us out on our uh, website, Chrysler.com. And then know because of the pandemic that we're all living right now, if people aren't um, comfortable going to dealerships, we did um, launch a whole new online retail experience. And you can do this whole retail purchase experience online. And your vehicle can be delivered to your home. Excellent. There you have the full choice as well. And just to let everybody know the dominance of the brand, uh, you guys still have the majority of the market. In 37 years that uh, FCA companies have been making minivans, um, and 37 years the U.S. market share is now at 54%. So a lot of people uh, love these vehicles. I know I personally do, and my dogs do too as well. Uh, And there's a lot of entertainment in the vehicle as well because you don't just have uh, a great looking vehicle uh, but you can also have a great sounding vehicle on the inside as well i think it's one of the only minivans with a subwoofer is that right that's right so we just added that as well to our 21 model year excellent so 21 model year you get a subwoofer 
and uh, and then at the same time you get uh, you get the options of the new Sync 4 system as well as all of the other stuff, the new designs and those things. Marianne, thank you for joining us to talk about the new Pacifica. We'll look forward to seeing it arriving and maybe even get to test drive it in fourth quarter of this year. But if you still want to go ahead and order uh, Chrysler Pacifica minivan right now, you still have a lot of those options coming in the 2020. I think they call it 2020.5 version of the vehicle. Uh, Chrysler recorded a 32.7% share of the segment in December 2009. So everybody really likes these vehicles. The sixth generation FCA has uh, had 116 segment firsts. Gotta love a minivan. It's going to be a minivan. It's a Chrysler Pacifica. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Your smart speaker can be your smartphone. Just say, hey Google, or hey Alexa, or hey Siri, play Our Auto Expert radio show, and all the previous episodes of the shows and podcasts are available. Hours of endless fun await us. I'm Nick Miles, our auto expert, along with uh, Truck Girl Jen. This is where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. Uh, so we already talked at the top of the show that Jen really liked the XT6 on the way in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry I didn't have the Rolls-Royce Cullinan over the weekend because he'd have enjoyed that. Yeah, I like So um, my spouse is not always the sharpest uh, stick in the shed as far as it comes to cars. <laughs> like we'll get in. We got in something this week and uh, I, I was asked if it was something and it was completely not. It was a different, you know, like a million miles from that vehicle. But so my spouse is sitting next to me in the Cullinan and has flip flops on and takes them off <laughs> and said, <laughs> Wow, <laughs> this floor is really soft. It's and I was like, it's two inch lambs wool carpet, sweetie. Come on. Yeah. Um, so interestingly enough, every single Cullen, two inch lambs wool carpet. It, uh, I did sit in the back. I'm, I'm doing a story that she, we will talk about probably in the next couple of weeks or so. But Walmart are turning in 160 of their parking lots into movie theater, uh, drive-in movie theaters. Um, Obviously, drive-in movie theaters are the perfect social distancing opportunity for people to have. So I did take the Cullinan to the Walmart parking lot to film my segment. (laughs) Tell them that. Is that going to be on those websites, people of Walmart? (laughs) Oh, people of Walmart in their Cullinan. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> I, I didn't say this while Jerry Jerry was on uh, because, you know, I don't want him to get up from Rolls right. Royce. I don't want him to get upset that I was taking his premium luxury vehicle to the Walmart parking lot. Right. Uh, but they do have this sort of stadium seating at the back of the vehicle, which is kind of cool. Uh, so that was awesome. And then also I had a special edition, a Toyota 86 Hanuk or Hakone. Hakone? Hakone. H-A-K-O-N-E. Hakone. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, I don't know much about the name, but I do know the car is a beautiful dark green color. Um, Also has a lot of options that comes with it. It's just mostly an appearance package for the Hakone. Uh, But that starts around $30,000. And the 86 is a great, I mean, it's the competition for the Mazda Miata, right? It's uh, the Subaru has their their small sports car. Uh, Toyota has the 86. And then then there's sort of the Mazda Miata. There's sort of three cars in that segment. Well, it comes in a six-speed. Yes, but I happen to have an automatic because I'm a lazy backside person. Lame. Uh, it's you know what you say that, but if you had to sit in the freeway in traffic going to work, you wouldn't say it was. Why lame. do you say that? I have always driven 
a stick shift. Yeah, and look how you don't have back. You don't have bumper to bumper traffic. Do you? I used into to. Work? You, I used oh, to. you used to. Battleground to Wilsonville in a stick. I'm shift. I'm also thirty years older than you. No, you're not. <laughs> Nice try. So my leg hurts if I have to use them. I love a manual on, don't get me wrong, on a nice mm. windy road and throw mm. the gears around and have a good time. There is a six-speed manual and it's a six-speed automatic. It's neutral. You know, when you're stopped, you throw it in That's neutral. against the driver's code. Uh-uh, yes, it is. On. Yes, it is. You're not allowed to have your car in. You're not supposed to have your car in neutral. M- those people that put their cars in neutrals going around a corner against the driver's code. No, at a stoplight. Yeah, no, you're, yes, supposed, you to, you're supposed to keep your foot on the clutch because you lose control when it's in neutral. You can't pull away if you have to. You have to put oh it in gear first. Okay. Just telling you. Go read your driver's manual. We're in different states, dude. Yeah, they're not that different. <laughs> they're not that different. Just because you live in a different state than me doesn't mean you can get away with naughty things. Uh, so that that's a bunch of fun. That the, uh, the Hakone, uh, it's a slice of green heaven, it's called. It's beautiful. It does look really, really nice. I like um, the picture. It's one of the best, uh, I guess, performance cars for the money, I think. Get it for around $30,000, and it's quite a performer. Uh, I have to be careful because sometimes I rev them a little, you know. I'm a little, I'm a little hard on manual transmission. Vehicles. You're just hard on lots of cars. I'm hard on you too, right? Nah. Which would you rather have, that the 86, Toyota 86 Hakone or the Cadillac XT6? The Cadillac. Really? Uh-huh. That's because it's high. No, I so just... You, you asked me when we were driving in today if I could see the fenders. No, if you could see the over the hood. Yeah, well, right. Over the, fenders, the hood. Yeah. I mean, I can. I can see the edge of that. I couldn't. So then it wouldn't be... You, that's one of your things, isn't it? You have to be able to see over the hood to take a to drive a vehicle. Yeah, but That's I why a, you buy drive trucks. I was in the passenger seat, so if I had my seat went all the way up, I'd be okay. Why didn't you put it all the way up? Because your feet wouldn't touch the ground? Exactly. See, in the in the driver's seat, you have pedals, so they don't have to reach the ground. You still have to reach the pedals, though. I can reach the pedals. How do you know? I don't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Nick. Love you, Nick. Hey, do, you, do you know? Do you want to try and reach the pedals when we go out in the parking lot? Yeah, let me drive it home. Yeah, if you All want right. to. Sure. You want to reach the pedals? I'm more than happy to let you do that. I'm sure I could put blocks in them. I did that with my. I did that with my first car. <laughs> what about just, you? Did. Yes, I couldn't oh, reach the pedal. That's really dangerous. I didn't have. What if the block had come on off your shoe and you, how would you have driven it? It was taped to the actual pedal. Oh my gosh! You had block. What was the vehicle? Oh god, I want to see pictures so badly. No, it please. was a truck. What was it? It was a truck. Jen, please, I want to know more. Uh, this is awesome. No, that's Jen, all you get. You tape blocks to the pedals in your vehicle. When I was sixteen. Oh no! Do you have pictures? No. What was it? What was the vehicle? <laughs> We're going to bypass this. It no. Was, it was a truck. St- I didn't. Did I force that? It info? was a truck. You volunteered that. It me- was a what truck. truck was it? A it GM was a what? truck. It was a GM. It's just, it was a truck. It was a GM what? It, it was a Silverado? It wasn't a GM. It, it wasn't? No. A Ford? Was it a Ford? Yeah. What Ford was it? F-150? I don't know. It was a big monster. I'm sure that's what Super it was. Super Duty? Was it a Super Duty or an F-150? I don't know. I only Jen, had... Jen, I, I, I'm not buying it. I only had... Jordan, a, you buying any of this? I only no, had Jordan's it. shaking his head. He doesn't buy any of it. Anyway, you are not it. that car stupid. <laughs> you know what it was. Okay. I only had it for a couple weeks. Yeah. I couldn't drive it. It. Di- I couldn't reach the pedals. I, it, I How had, did you find out you couldn't reach the pedals? 
when did I find out? The how? Like, did do you test drive it before? No. <laughs> did you buy it? And they couldn't no, drive. No, my please parents, don't tell me you could. You bought it, they couldn't no, drive my, it home. My dad bought it for me. Oh, and it was he didn't so think sweet. About it? Well, do you, I mean, do you think about that? Yes. Okay, because you're yes. short. Yes. But he is not. This, he's taller. He, he's than your he's, father. He grew up with you since you were born. <laughs> he should know how tall <laughs> you are. Anyways. Long story short, I didn't reach the pedals. I, I could. This I long story is going to get I longer. I could turn the steering lo- wheel. Oh no! And, Did you have uh, a rope tied to the steering wheel? No. So, anyways, he felt bad, and then you know you can get one of those little handles that like truck drivers have, so you can make the yeah, wheel go around. Yeah, and then I got a Renault, and that was I picked that out. He did. Yeah. C- could you reach the pedals in there? Yes. And the steering wheel. Yes. Like a Renault Five. Uh no. Clio. No. What, what was it? Alliance. A Renault Alliance? Yeah. I don't remember that one. It's Probably the one that kind of... something else in Europe when I grew up. It kind of looked like the boxy, like Civic or uh, Volvo. People kept saying, is, is that a Civic or Volvo? I'll look it up. I'll look it up on web. All I can do now, and I'm never going to get this picture <laughs> out of my mind. I just say it should be funny if you tape the blocks to your shoes. No, but not you the driving, shoes. But driving a big Ford truck with blocks taped to the pedals is hilarious yeah i knew you'd like that i've kept that from you for many many years ah now i've got it more our (laughs) auto expert on the way you're listening to the our auto expert podcast locally created nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast this is america's car radio show it has a throttle we'll feature it on air online on smart speaker on smartphone This is our auto expert, where two million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with Truck Girl Jen. Aren't you glad that we can stop knocking you about things and talk about trucks now? Well, the funny thing is you figured it out. I would have figured out that you had blocks tied to your pedals (laughs) when you needed to drive your truck. I love trucks. So you'd have blocks taped to the pedals? Yeah. All right. I just want to reiterate that. Jen drove a truck with blocks taped to the pedals. Yes. I think uh, um, the new GMC Sierra has <laughs> adjustable pedals. So well, yeah. <laughs> it's a big so difference would, from 72 to, you know, now. 1972 was your first truck? Yeah. Um, the year would, I was born. Would you tape blocks to a Sierra if you wanted one so you could drive it? I've had a Sierra and I didn't have to tie blocks. Oh, thank feet. goodness. Because I was a little scared. Uh, <laughs> See, you know, trucks are, are one of the hottest items in America, and so we wanted to talk a little bit about that. Uh, Stuart Price joining us is the Senior Marketing Manager for the GMC 2020 Sierra 1500 All-Wheel Dry Crew Cab AT4. Um, are you back uh, in full swing, uh, Stuart? Are these vehicles now arriving back at dealerships? Because we know that uh, a lot of American manufacturing plants had to take a hiatus due to coronavirus. Uh, are the Sierras being pumped out of uh, of factories r- and now? Can we uh, can we run and buy one? Uh, hey, yeah, this is uh, this is Stu. Uh, sure can. Uh, the plant started back here at the beginning of uh, last month, and uh, they are operating at full speed. So uh, we were a little low, you know. These uh, our new Sierras have been so popular. We ran, uh, we almost ran out of trucks, but we are uh, we're back. We're replenishing those supplies. And uh, building as many of the AT4s in particular as we can because they have been so popular. 
I love, by the way, the AT4s. Um, Acadia, I had an AT4 Acadia. I thought that was absolutely amazing. Um, I yet to have uh, spent a bunch of time in the new 84 Sierra, but I, I all I love what the AT4 brings to the marketplace. Interestingly enough, I was in a mini dealership recently, and across the road is a GMC dealership. And the uh, the mini the manager of the mini dealership was telling me uh, they've uh, they've sold out of uh, Sierras across the road just because it a lot of the clients who are buying Sierras through the beginning of COVID, the first three few months of COVID were rural clients and they still need their trucks. And of course, with the factories not working, uh, it's it's now something that you might have to search a little bit or wait a little bit to get your vehicle. One of the things I love about the 1500 uh, with the AT4 package is, is it's sort of an upgrade from not only capability, but now it looks pretty stylish as well. Yeah, you know, it, we sort of think we carved out a unique niche uh, for this new AT4. So it t- sort of takes two different uh, types of trucks. It takes a very premium truck and melds it with a very off-road capable truck. So you've got this unique entry that has uh, just tremendous off-road capability, uh, yet it's got all the, the latest technology, premium appointments, uh, and, uh, you know, we've got leather-appointed uh, seating with vented seats, which I know uh, today is something uh, I'm, I'm valuing here in Michigan with the 90 degrees. Right. Um, but, you know, we've got the, the surround vision camera, the the, uh, the uh, head-up display that's got, uh, you know, some of the cool things about its off-road capability. That head-up display actually displays an inclinometer. So if you're going up a hill, uh, it enables you to uh, to see what the grade is. Uh, make sure you keep an eye on that. And then with the cameras, uh, you can actually turn on the forward camera. If you're approaching up over a steep incline, steep hill, you can turn that forward camera on and make sure you see what's on the other side before you get there. So, you know, it's got some cool technologies that really increase its capability and uh, yet keep you really comfortable at the same time. And, of course, being summer, it means that a lot of people are uh, going on to on through adventures in their own vehicle. Not many people flying, uh, definitely not for leisure, at least. And so vehicles like the Sierra um, are probably uh, an absolute necessity if you're going to tow things to the lake. And it's not only a work day and commuting vehicle, but it becomes your vacation vehicle as well. Well, that's the great thing about the, you know today's uh, Sierra and especially the AT4. This is a truck that you can do everything and anything with. You know, it's a it's a great it's a great uh, daily driver, uh, but it's also a great vehicle to take on vacation, take off road. Uh, but you can clean it up and, and take it out and give the keys to a valet. So it, it really does it all, uh, and I think that's why we've seen so much demand for it. Uh, you know, we, we anticipated uh, you know it was going to represent. 10, 15% of our sales, and we're getting demand that's uh, 30% of our wow. sales. So just a huge amount of uh, desire for this new and uh, unique AT4. And you don't just have to I have gas. So. You also have the option of having the Duramax diesel as well. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think the one that you had the chance to drive uh, did have the new uh, Duramax diesel. That's a, a straight six. It's a three liter. It's got 460 foot-pounds of torque, uh, just tremendous. And it's a really flat torque curve. So uh, that torque you know, comes in around 1,600, full torque comes in around 1,600 RPMs and stays with you all the way up to like 3,100. 3, so what that really means is it just drives like a beast. You know, it, it uh, you step on that thing and it just, just jumps. And uh, almost at any speed, it's got that. So it just makes it a fun vehicle to drive. But yet at the same time, it's quiet 
and uh, and very efficient. You know, uh, you can get get that up to thirty miles per gallon. So uh, amazing for a full size truck. Um, one of the things I think that's uh, pretty awesome about it is the idea that the, these vehicles, you can just change a few pieces on the exterior, uh, you know, just a very little, a, a few uh, pieces of, uh, uh, I would say, cladding and that sort of thing. And the truck looks so different. I mean, really, you go away from any of the chrome or anything like that, and it really makes it outstanding as a, as a vehicle. You can change the whole shape, the look. It might look looks much more rough and rugged. I'm not sure if that was the idea, uh, but to me, it, I get pretty excited when I see it just with the with the change. And then, of course, these vehicles can go anywhere. Uh, we know our, uh, our friend Jeff Zerschmied took one of these as part of the Alcan Rally, which really goes to prove it's not just, right. uh, you know, laking in, uh, the, in Michigan or vacationing. These vehicles are tough and sturdy and can get through some of the world's harshest conditions. Yeah, no, they 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 are absolutely immensely capable. But you know, it's that uh, it's that unique combination, really, of that that capability, but with at the same time this very refined uh, interior and all this comfort that makes the AT4 so unique. So it's uh, it really is a blast to drive. Uh, you know, you've also uh, if you don't want the diesel, you've got the the available 6.2 liter uh, engine. Um, you know, with 420 horsepower. So. Uh, that's also a great truck to drive and a lot of fun. Um, one of the things I'm always amazed at, and you really nailed it uh, with this vehicle, is a lot of times when you see pieces of technology come out into the automotive industry, you'll see car companies start to drift it into their models over sort of a year or two afterwards. But nobody has really come up with a tailgate as sophisticated as your tailgates. Uh, everybody's sort of done some half you know, I would say half-assed attempts at doing them, but nobody's really come up with such a unique and usable tailgate. Yeah, well, you know, we, we've got a lot of uh, we got a lot of truck people here working for GM. A lot of our engineers uh, are passionate about trucks and spend a lot of time using them. And I, I think this was something that uh, you know some of the engineers came up with that that really functions great. It's our new multi-pro tailgate. It's got six different positions. Uh, sounds like you've had a chance to use it out, but yeah. uh, you know, there's a, there's a, a very large uh, step that folds down. So if you're loading a lot of heavy gear, uh, you know, you want to get in the back uh, or the front of the bed, it enables you to jump up and down really quickly. Um, you know, there there's also a couple of different load stops at different heights. So if you got something you want to sort of secure in there, and uh, then there's a you know, there's a easy access mode as well where you can fold down the minor gate. There's actually two separate tailgates, one inside the other. And, um, you know, you fold down that minor gate, and then if you're loading heavy things into the, the uh, back of the truck, it enables you to get quite a bit closer than, than you'd have to with a typical tailgate. So, yeah, that's been a real breakthrough for us, and I think it's been a big part of the success of, of the new Sierra. So, uh, you know, you put that together with everything else on this truck, and it's, um, I, I think we can see why it's, it's done so well. So certainly, uh, you know, my favorite uh, vehicle to drive, I get a chance to drive a lot of different GMCs, and, and uh, this one is right at the top of the list of, of the ones I want to be in. Yeah, you've taken everything that's really good in a truck and sort of put it into one single truck, especially with the AT4. Now, uh, you know, I'm only five foot four. Jen is under five foot, so <laughs> so that tailgate is excellent for to help us get in and out of the truck. Mm -hmm. But Jen was telling us before we actually got on uh, onto this segment that she had to in her first truck she had to tape blocks onto the pedals because she wasn't tall enough to drive it. Please tell me that the pedals are adjustable <laughs> in the in the Sierra. <laughs> 
Well, you know, actually, uh, the, the pedals are fixed, uh, but what we did do on this truck was we enabled the uh, front seat to travel quite a bit further forward, and there we have a lot go. more adjustability in the steering column as well. So, you know, it really gives you, uh, you know, we think better uh, accommodations than uh, any of the previous trucks that we've done, and uh, certainly, you know, we made sure that we can accommodate any size uh, drivers that are out there. Excellent. Now, you're probably just selling uh, selling these as fast as you can make them right now. The, fa- the factory is back up and running. They're, they're arriving in dealerships right now. Uh, I would also suggest to anybody that wants to try it, go try both the diesel and the gas because I'm a big fan of diesel, especially if you pull uh, anything. What are you going to say, Jen? Um, not to mention the stereo system in the back of the truck. That's pretty amazing. You, you're you always about the stereo system, of course. aren't you? Oh, is, that, is that the one that's not in the, uh, built into the tailgate? Yes. There you go. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's the Bluetooth uh, kicker audio system that you can get. Uh, it's actually included in a couple of different uh, AT4 models that we have. Uh, it's included with our Carbon Pro package where you actually get a carbon uh, fiber bed as well. Oh, nice. Uh, but, yeah, that's a really cool audio system. You can hook up any of your Bluetooth uh, devices, and that's great for tailgating. Uh, you know, I've, I've been to a couple of football games up here in Michigan where you can just uh, – Back that thing up and enjoying you. You got everything you want coming right off the back of the truck. Perfect. Nice. Stu, thanks for joining us to talk about the uh, Sierra 1500 all wheel drive crew cab AT4. Uh, Jen, you can make a pool in the back now. You're listening to our auto expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show at our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear the past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with truck girl Jen. Uh, There are a slew of new vehicles being introduced digitally around the world, and one of those is right here. It's just... uh, just started they're just going to be filtering in really soon and i'm super excited because they're all over 700 horsepower to talk to us about uh, one of them is ashton munoz um, i'm not sure i say your last name correctly ashton but uh, uh, my pronunciation has always been completely horrible but i do know how to say dodge I do know how to say Hellcat. I do know how to say Red Eye. I do know how to say Charger. I have it all down. There's what, Jen? You're making signs at me. This is Demon. Oh, Demon. Yeah, there's. I know how to do those. That's your. <laughs> that's your physical sign for Demon. She puts two horns on her head. I always see her. I see her, Ashton, with all, always with two horns on her head. So. <gasps> You know, uh, <laughs> she's, she's, she's her and her son are part of the brotherhood. Right? There you yeah. go. That's right. If you know, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, so you guys kind of hit it out of the park with these three new vehicles. I know. I was texting. Uh, you know, I think I mentioned this before. I was texting to and from with Tim during the launch. Tim Kaniskas, who's the president of uh, of Dodge, uh, about these new vehicles and pretty excited. But I've always been. You know, a lot of people are Challenger fans, and I've always actually been uh, a. Um, a lot of people are yeah, Challenger fans. I've always been a Charger fan, mm-hmm. and I've always been a Durango fan. But let's talk about the Charger. So the Charger gets some hot new updates for the next model year. What are you doing to it? How are you making it more delicious? I was going to say, what do you do with the world's most powerful and fastest you know, production sedan already? Right. Um, pro- probably the Dodge way to maybe throw even more power and tech at it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but this one has basically the heart of the demon, um, the 797-horse, uh, 6.2-liter supercharged Hemi, 707 foot-pounds of torque, 
gigantic 2.7 liter supercharger on it. I feel like it's bigger than most uh, Econo cars. Uh, just the supercharger displacement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's actually unbelievable. Um, first of all, who would believe that you would be going above 707 horsepower, but now the standard gets 710, and now it's uh, this this the red-eye version getting 797 horsepower. Is that on normal gas? Yeah, it's just uh, on pump gas, no race fuel or anything. It's uh, 93 or uh, premium. And, um, yeah, so like you mentioned, 797 for the red eye. And then for 24, uh, 2021, the Hellcat gets a 10, uh, 10 horsepower boost. So all charger Hellcats are 717 as well. 717. Oh, I thought it was 710. That's ridiculous. You know, um, how, you know how so, ridiculous this is? Do you know how ridiculous? <laughs> it's perfect. It's so ridiculous. It's so like, cool. I have, when I, I'm in Michigan quite regularly. I was there last week. I'm in Michigan quite regularly. When I was in uh, Michigan last week, uh, I went to dinner with uh, some of my friends, one of them which bought uh, a 492. Uh, was it 492? 392. 392. Yeah, exactly. He, he bought a 392, and uh, he drives it. Every time we go to dinner, he drives it over. It's his baby, um, and I told him about these new vehicles, and he's like, what? What? He's uh, going to have to get a new baby. Yeah, he's going to have to get a new baby, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> clearly. Uh, will, it, go it, on. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, will, will, this, uh, will this be in dealers soon? Because to be honest with you, I have a friend, a bunch of friends who are Dodge dealers, and they're always asking me, uh, you know, can I help them talk to Tim and get this and get that and get the other? And I always uh, very nicely decline and say, you'll have to talk to your uh, your regional sales manager. I can't help you with that. But they'll want to know when they can get their hands on these, when they can pre-order them, or when they'll when those orders will arrive in dealerships. So how long do we have to wait? So uh, dealers will be able to place orders towards the end of this year. We'll come out with uh, pricing on that as well. And then you should see them start trickling into dealers um, early 2021. I don't know if I can wait. Is there any way you can speed that up? <laughs> well, it's funny. I see, I see comments all the time everywhere. People are saying like, oh, I, j- I just bought this Hellcat and Dodge came out with one that's higher. Like everyone's all... Uh, you know, waiting for the next best thing. We're so excited it's like about. Cell yeah, we're so excited about this. Uh, we should probably, before we run out of time, because we only have three minutes left, try and talk a little bit about the vehicle. So, uh, yeah. let's talk about top speed. Let's talk about zero to sixty quarter mile and the power times, and, yeah, all those things. Go, Ashley, so you're on. I'll, I'll, I'll run through the, the quick performance. We up to zero to six. Uh, we, we're same on zero to sixty three point six. It is the fastest four-door muscle car, top speed of 203 miles an hour. Um, and then we are running a 10.6 at 129 in the quarter mile, which is it's just unheard of. Last time I talked to you guys about the Hellcat, we were saying how crazy it was for a sedan to run 10s. Right. And yeah. that was 10.9. Now we're at 10.6, so we oh, cut a lot off. Um, I, I don't want to forget about the power chiller, too. Yeah, um, cool. you know, I, I mentioned we threw more power and tech at it. The power chiller, if not, you know, it was popular when it came out on the Demon. It actually won a popular science award. Um, and, and for everybody that doesn't know what it is, I know you guys do, but it's, it's the, it basically diverts air conditioning refrigerant to a chiller unit. Then that chiller unit cools down the supercharger coolant a second time after passing through the, uh, the water radiator and basically gets your supercharger intercooling uh, as cool as it can possibly go. 
with using the AC unit. It's so yeah. awesome. Because, you know, when you're racking it at, uh, whatever, 203 miles an hour or whatever, when you're getting that fast, uh, of course, you're going to need your supercharger <laughs> cooled yeah, down yeah, as, yeah. as well. Oh, when, yeah. When am I going to be able to drive one of these? Never. Shush. <laughs> quiet. <laughs> when can you? When, when can we see you guys? Uh, I'll I'll fly it there tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. You, you tell one's at, so let me know when you get here. I'll make sure we get you the keys to it. All right, done. <laughs> I'm cool. done. Sold. Uh, I'll, I'll be I'll be in Michigan soon. Uh, what are we still talking about? Price? Do we have any of that information yet? No, not just yet. We'll announce price obviously right around when the dealers can start ordering the cars and customers can place orders. So we'll announce that later towards the end of the year. There's that. There's the Durango. There's the new uh, Superstock uh, Challenger. It's it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, it's today, yeah. What okay, you, today, today is the day for muscle cars. You go ahead. What's up, John? This is uh, full power. This is equivalent rate to 89 adults emptying their lungs in one second. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty so, pretty incredible. Uh, we ran out of time. We expected this to happen when we got into a subject that we wanted to talk about. Uh, stand by. More Our Auto Expert <laughs> on the road. Woo, this is fast. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. This is our Auto Expert radio show. You, of course, can use your social media to send us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can start a conversation with us, ask us questions, direct messages about your new car. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm Nick Miles, along with truck girl Jen, who's been the butt of most of our jokes today. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Anton Warman. He's joining us right now. Anton is an independent analyst and investor. You can read majority of his stuff at the street or Seeking Alpha, where he writes about autonomy, electric cars, Europe, and all things happening in the auto industry. So, Anton, let's start off with the fact that Fisker plans an IPO. Yeah, you may recall the Fisker uh, plug-in hybrid electric car from a decade ago, which failed spectacularly, and the company went bankrupt. And um, uh, the company is sort of now back on paper, and they were inspired by Nikola, which just went public, the uh, hydrogen battery electric hybrid company, and obtained a valuation that was almost as large as Ford. And so what they're doing is that they're uh, filing with the Securities and Exchange Commission to go public in a similar manner here in the second half of this year. And the question is really, does this company have any prospects at all? And that's where I have some doubts. So the question being, you probably have better inside information than most people. Is this something you would feel comfortable in investing in? Or you think it, the, the company needs to unwind a little for you to see some of the interior, uh, the workings and, and the technology? Yeah, I think that what they've presented is a plan that is so impossible in terms of its prospects for success that I just don't see any prospects at this point based upon we, what we are able to see. What the company is proposing is that they are going to negotiate with Volkswagen to use their electric car platform to build a vehicle which is the same size and shape basically as the uh, uh, upcoming Volkswagen ID4, which is essentially an all-electric Tiguan equivalent, uh, or for that matter the Audi e-tron Q4, which is simply the Audi-based version thereof. And they're going to build their own body on, on the same platform and have somebody, whether Volkswagen or otherwise, manufacture this vehicle for them. And that somehow they're going to be able to make money in this process. I mean, I'm just shaking my head at the whole thing because 
I mean, if if Volkswagen and Audi can't make the exact same product so far better than what a Fisker could, how in the world is Fisker going to take all of Volkswagen's technology and somehow be able to shoehorn a profit into that process? It just defies logic. Uh, It's interesting that they have unveiled several vehicles over the last couple of years, uh, but there's no sort of idea of when they might be produced or if they would ever be produced. Like the, the, uh, you know, there's there's just several vehicles and and will they actually ever be made? That's the difficult question, right? Yeah, so they said something about manufacturing these things by 2022, but uh, the product just isn't ready yet. And oh, by the way, let's say that you are in ownership of, a factory like Volkswagen is, of course, or a whole bunch of these other independent uh, operations like a Magna or equivalent. And you get a call from Fisker and say, hey, can you make so-and-so many, 100,000, 50,000, some number of these vehicles? Well, if you get that call, wouldn't you want cash in advance? I mean, you would want to have billions of dollars in advance before you commit to this because this is a company whose background uh, at least in terms of its CEO, uh, has a record of only spectacular failure. So, and the whole plan is just seems impossible on the face of it to begin with. So, I would want billions and billions of dollars of cash in advance. So, good luck to Fisker to trying to raise that amount of money. We shall see what happens this fall. All right, BMW announcing the production version of the iX3, um, but it's not going to be sold here. That's right. So this is the all-electric version of what is really BMW's best-selling car in the United States today, the X3. It will be made in China, and the idea was to sell this both in China, in Europe, and the U.S., but the company announced, I think it was at least about six months ago now, that uh, no, we are not going to um, sell it in the United States. And the reason is a little complex, but uh, it all boils down primarily to this. The range on the U.S. EPA cycle, if you uh, just uh, make a conservative promise, would be barely just a little bit over 200 miles. And they viewed that that was not going to make the vehicle competitive in the United States. So the dealer body among BMW in the United States basically said, you know what, Uh, let's wait for the next one instead. That's basically what happened there. And also in the meantime, the demand for this iX3 in both Europe and China is simply expected to be so high that they weren't really all that interested in allocating all that many units to to the United States anyway. Right. So that's uh, basically what's been going on here. Yeah, that's that's sad because, of course, uh, it's it always seems like America gets to play second fiddle to the rest of Europe. But I understand Europe is quite far ahead as far as uh, their advancements in electric vehicles. I was glad to see that Ford me uh, managed to regain their third row sales crown after such a dismal start to the Explorer. It seems to have finally stuck with American consumers. That's right. So you may remember last June, meaning 13 months ago, Nick, when uh, this car was introduced, the Ford Explorer, and uh, most people kind of liked the car. I mean, it was launched at the same time as the uh, Hyundai Palisade, which most people said had a nicer interior and so forth. But overall, I think the judgment of the all-new Ford Explorer was more positive than not. It looks great, drove great. Uh, and uh, then what happened was all of these enormous quality problems that ended up costing Ford round number about a billion dollars. This vehicle was made in their Chicago assembly plant, and whatever went on in that plant was no good, 
And, of course, sales were hurt in the beginning because they just couldn't get the units out. They had to be reworked. But somehow, magically, by uh, by about Thanksgiving or so, sales took off like a rocket. And for the first half year of 2020, believe it or not, the Ford Explorer has actually overtaken the Toyota Highlander for the best-selling three-row SUV in America today, which is uh, something you don't uh, read all that much about. Yeah, unfortunately, they were having to take those vehicles out of the Chicago factory and ship them to Detroit to have them reworked before they could actually sell them as well. And that, that's what cost them that huge amount of money, right? That's right. So they put them on trucks, took them off to Flat Rock, Michigan, near the factory where they made the uh, uh, Lincoln Continental and the Ford Mustang, and they hired some people from Roush you know, the aftermarket tuning company, and uh, hundreds of people were re- were reworking these vehicles starting around the middle of uh, 2019 through the fall of 2019. And then apparently, supposedly, allegedly, uh, apparently they they, uh, they got those quality issues under control later in the year. And uh, uh, would you believe it? Sales took off like a rocket. Now, the Explorer, of course, has always been a staple of the American uh, market, and, and the new design was absolutely really excellent. The, the price was fairly high, though, too. Does that remain the same? Because uh, the Palisade and the Kia Telluride were considerably cheaper. Correct. So the MSRP on the Ford, the actual sticker price, uh, seems spuriously high. On the other hand, as you know, Ford is generally has uh, never been shy to discount whatever it is that doesn't sell at MSRP. And yet at the same time, the competition from uh, Hyundai and Kia in particular uh, actually ended up selling in many cases above MSRP. So I don't know the precise uh, magnitude to which uh, Ford had to discount the uh, Explorer prices here over the last six or so months in particular in order to move all of these uh, large uh, uh, numbers of units in the marketplace, but I imagine that they would have had to have pretty healthy discounts for uh, for them to uh, take the sales lead in the way that they actually did here in the first half of 2020. Now, as far as news is concerned, the last week has been dominated by the brand new Bronco reveal in Detroit, Michigan, where Ford, uh, Ford finally unveiled three different versions of the Bronco. <laughs> but Jeep uh, used the opportunity the night before to unveil some vehicles, and of course, around the Bronco, they've been talking about this new plug-in hybrid version. Version of, of the Jeep? Yeah, so there are three plug-in hybrids that they have announced so far. Uh, the Compass, the uh, Renegade, and the Wrangler. The Compass and the Renegade are both built in Italy, and they will hit the European market first here as soon as uh, they start delivering them, probably at the end of this quarter. And then in the, uh, later in, in the year, they will also start making the plug-in hybrid version of the Wrangler in Ohio in the regular factory there. And uh, in the beginning, back about a year, year and a half ago, it was thought that um, the Wrangler would actually first be delivered, believe it or not, only in Europe for about a, you know, maybe six to 12 months. But that plan uh, apparently changed. And since the whole thing got delayed anyway, it looks like the U.S. will now be getting the Wrangler plug-in hybrid before the end of this calendar year, Good. roughly at the same time as Europe does. Uh, whereas the Compass and the Renegade plug-in hybrid seem like they will first go to Europe for a nondescript number of months, and then maybe in the God knows when in 2021, right. uh, we would be getting the uh, Compass and the uh, Renegade the plug-in hybrid as well. Right. In the last 30 seconds, tell us about Nissan's new Aria. 
the Nissan's new Aria will effectively replace the Leaf. It's a very different vehicle. It's a far more premium and actually terrific looking, unlike the Leaf, of course. Uh, all electric car, which would will have about 300 miles worth of range, compete in the center of the market with the likes of the uh, Tesla Model Y and so forth. And uh, the issue here is that the time to market is a bit disappointing. It'll appear first in Japan in the middle of 2021, and in the United States only. Uh, later in 2021, that's at least six months, maybe nine months later than what we had hoped, uh, only as little as about a week ago. So that's a little bit of a disappointment. Other than that, there was not much to be disappointed about because the uh, vehicle looks uh, terrific both on paper and uh, as well as being very pleasing to the eyes. Excellent. Anton Wallman, independent analyst and investor. You can read the majority of his stuff at Seeking Alpha or The Street, and he's also well-informed, can tell us everything about what's going on in the automotive market, uh, what's going on in the electric market, and somewhat the autonomous market. I'll be in, uh, I'll be flying to Atlanta this week to uh, do new segments with the new Aria all week, so I'll learn a lot more about that, and I'll report back next week. I can tell you a little bit more about the vehicle after uh, having an experience with it as well. Uh, Our Auto Expert, of course, the website, ourautoexpert.com. You can read, listen to the previous episodes of the show and see the videos from television that Mike and I do every single week. Let's stand by. We're going to talk Porsche coming up on the show. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Uh, nobody ever calls me an intellectual unless it's the guy who does the voiceover. Uh, your smart speaker can be your uh, your radio. Just say, hey, Google, hey, Alexa, or hey, Siri. Play our auto expert radio show, and all the previous episodes of uh, the show will be on a podcast. They're all available, hours of endless fun for you and the entire family. I'm Nick Miles, uh, your host, along with Truck Girl Jen. This is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily, ourautoexpert.com. And a gentleman who contributes to that website, uh, also MSN Autos, is Perry Stern. He joins joins us now to talk about something that I'm sure is close to Perry's heart with 572 horsepower and a 0 to 60 mile an hour time in 2.7 seconds along with a top speed of 199 miles an hour. We're talking about the Porsche 911 Turbo. I have to tell you an interesting story about this, Perry. I was in an auto show. I think it was a New York auto show. And someone came up to the head of Porsche and asked him uh, if he could do an interview. And he said, excuse me, are you the head of Porsche? And the, the gentleman goes, no. Porsche is something you sit on and watch the sunset. Porsche is something you drive. So uh, if you say Porsche... Now go away. Yes, now go away, little man. (laughs) All right, so let's talk about this 911 Turbo. Uh, Has it arrived in your driveway yet? Do you want it to? Will it? What's, What's the story? Well, I guess the answer to the first question is no, it hasn't. And do I want it to more than anything? I'm guessing that. Yeah, I mean, the 911 Turbo, it's it's one of those, you know, it just rolls off the tongue. It's been rolling off my tongue since I was a little kid. 911 Turbo is, is like the car. As teenagers, that's the one that you want. Right. And this car has been around for 50 years. I mean, this is, uh, and it's interesting to note that the first one, when it came out, had about half, actually less than half of the horsepower that the current one had. And 300 or something. Horsepower. Two, yeah. 260 horsepower in the mid-1970s, which at the time was one of the most powerful cars on the road. Um, wow. The competition's gotten a little fiercer, but this thing still holds its own. I look at pictures of it, and it seems to be elongated. It seems to, from the old Porsches, it seems to, the 911 Turbo seems to have got a lot longer. It has more of a Panamera look to it. Does it actually physically get longer, or is it just uh, just the way they designed it? I mean, part of it is the pictures, you know, that they've released. But, yes, it is the new generation, which is now the eighth generation 911, uh, is a bit longer. It's a bit bigger. 
I think every year they've gotten a little bit bigger. As it happens, the, the turbo is actually a little bit wider and a little bit lower than the standard, the plain old 911. Yeah, the vanilla, the vanilla, uh, we like to call it. Yeah, exactly. So, it's, you know, because it's, you know, yes, it has a lot of power. You know, what is it, 570-some horsepower. 72, um, yeah. But it's, but it's more, you know, for 911, it's more than just the power. Um, I mean, sure, it can go very fast in a straight line, but with the 911, it corners even better. Uh, I had a chance to drive the non-turbo version, just the 4S, which is about you know, 150 less horsepower, and it feels fast. And it's it's almost like putting on a car, like you put on clothes. It just fits so perfectly. And you know, every corner you just become really in tune with the car. And that's kind of how 911s have always been. They're cars you can drive every day. They're comfortable. And then when you want to take it to a track, it's comfortable there, too. I think what's interesting to me is that Porsche 911 uh, is really the sort of the industry standard and not just for those of us outside of the car industry who report on it and drive these vehicles. But really for those people inside, it's amazing when you when you think about it, how many heads of different car companies. I know that senior managers at Mercedes and Rolls Royce, they all want to own 911 turbos because it really is the gold standard for the sort of performance car industry it is and you know because it's been around it's it's become an icon you know it's it's we always joke you know that auto journalists seem to always want to have a miata um and so miata is for those of us who can't afford an right. item but most of us right <laughs> most of us can't yeah, afford exactly them. yeah but uh, it's it's you know when you get into the Porsche 911, though, you know whether it's the base model turbo or you know there is a Turbo S, which adds another 100 horsepower onto this one. Um, you know they just they handle the power so well that uh, you know even the base model 911, I would take it in a second. And a lot of the things I think are fairly interesting about uh, Porsche is that they've actually developed a lot of systems you don't really notice so much in the car, but the car sensing whether you have a, a you know a wet road and it, it can tighten up the the steering, it can tighten up the driving. It has a lot of sort of automated systems in it that make even the poorest uh, auto journalists amongst us good Porsche drivers because the vehicle it sort of melds with you, it becomes one, it does a lot of thinking for you, and it really becomes part of you, doesn't it? And per- perhaps that's why we like it so much because it makes us look good. Um, <laughs> and you know, it's it's interesting you mentioned the wet mode and the wet mode. I found fascinating. You know, it's on this and the, the whole line of 911 is it will actually detect the sound of water splashing, and that's how it knows that there's enough water on the road to put it into wet mode, which changes the traction, changes the acceleration, things like that. Um, and so it's like little bits of technology, like you said, you don't even know it's happening, but you know, when the road gets wet, it's already taking care of things for you. Yeah. And it is all-wheel drive. So, I mean, you've got lots of grip all the time. You've got that Porsche suspension. It's an adaptive suspension, um, you know, which can actually even lower the car down even further, you know, for even better handling. And so it's, you know, it is a proper sports car, no question. Now, the 911 Turbo starts at $170,800. You jump up to the 911 Turbo Cab. A cabriolet, it's 183600 and the 911 Turbo S from $203,500. Are people really buying these? Are they just iconic cars that don't sell, or do they sell them all the time? I think they sell them all the time. And no, they're not selling them like F-150s. Um, you know, at that price point, it's pretty high up. But at that price point, you know, there are a lot of high-performance vehicles you can get into. And I think the 911 Turbo 
definitely holds its own. Um, the interesting thing, though, is if you've ever gone to configure a 911, it's kind of fun to do. That's what because I'm doing. Because there are so many options on this car that you can almost double the price just by adding options to it. There's only one thing I don't like about this vehicle, and that's that green color it comes in. <laughs> that bright green Porsche color that it comes in. Everything else is, is pretty Would outstanding. Would you drive the orange one? Oh, yeah. I love that deep Well, at least now you know green. what color not to get when you buy it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> They have they have four special colors: uh, uh, the bright Porsche red, the sort of concrete gray, the orange, and the green. Um, the green's still a little bit hard for me to swallow. Uh, Perry, when does this car come to market? I believe it is arriving early next year. You can actually order one now, and they're expecting deliveries to start um, probably early next year, January, February, something like that. Did you build one already? I have not. Because then I'll just get sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get sad when you realize you'll be paying somewhere around two hundred thirty thousand uh, dollars after you've added all the extras and what's, more than yeah, that. Yeah, my, my, my wife right would now. not like me selling the house just to buy a car. Yeah. Exactly. And you, your wife, and the dog—you'll be living in a new Porsche nine eleven turbo coming up. That's that's. <laughs> and there's still one. There's still one extra seat. Oh yes, of course. You what come do you visit, Nick. That's what you have to. That's what you shower in that extra seat. Uh, yeah, Jen's already built hers out online here, Perrin. It came to uh, uh, two two hundred halfway through, and it's two hundred fifty. Yeah, that's, yeah. These yeah, are things that you need to have the leather wrapped seatbelt trim, and the you know, there's every little piece with the logo. Yeah. Oh goodness me! No, the I great know. thing is that means that every every one of them is somewhat unique because you can customize it so much. So, all right, you, know, you buy a two hundred thousand dollar car, it's you're the only one with one like that. That's right. Perry Stern, his stuff is at ourautoexpert.com or MSN Autos. We'll be back next week. Of course, you can listen to previous episodes of the show at ourautoexpert.com. I'm Nick Byer. You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Mile. Find all the show episodes at ourautoexpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Our Auto Expert. And message us for a quick and witty response.